The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by one very cool co-host. Laura Nash. And this week we are talking about the brand new game from uh, publisher Annapurna and developer... Uh, <coughs> Daniel Benmergi. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Uh, uh, Argentinian developer. Uh, it's not spelled how it sounds. Apologies uh, to Daniel. Yes, and we we did do our best effort to look up the game. So th- we actually had early codes for this game. So it is harder than normal to get pronunciation guides for developers' names. <laughs> so uh, we are using the best we know of in similar names pronunciation guides. So apologies to Daniel uh, if we have mispronounced your name. We tried. We did. We, we really did. I gave it a go. Uh, or, or Laura did. Thank you, Laura. Um, so this week we are talking about Storyteller, which is a game that, you know, if that sounds familiar to you, it's because this game has been in and out of development for over 15 years. Uh, this developer began work on prototypes that began became this game all the way back in 2009. And uh, a sort of early version of this game uh, was shown off at IGF, the in, uh, Independent Games Festival, and won the Nuovo Award, which is a pretty prestigious award for new developers. Uh, in 2012, this is a game that was like getting a lot of press in its earliest versions, like 15 years ago. Um, and uh, it was then in and out of development hell. Uh, the developer uh, has uh, talked about that process a little bit. In fact, he has a, uh, a talk that he gave through something called fuck up nights, which I had never heard of before this and only turned up in a Google search, but uh, where he talked about the experience of this game, getting a lot of attention and press and, and being hotly anticipated by the sort of uh, independent games crowd and then hitting some sort of a wall with it. And, you know, ending up like living back with his mom uh, and not being able to get the game out. He worked on other projects elsewhere in the industry. And finally, it appears that sometime in the last couple of years, he returned to this early project and finally polished it off. Uh, and it has a uh, brand new art. Its original art was this, oh God, in kind of kind of cringe uh, pixel art. Rough. Yeah, it was pretty it was, bad. It was rough, yeah. Um, but the uh, the new art looks gorgeous. I, I'm assuming that Annapurna helped sort of punt this thing over the, the finish line. Uh, and so here we have it today. Yeah, the art's got this kind of sticker book quality in it that it's all illustrated. Um, but the idea is that you are putting together almost a comic book of panels where you choose the background of the scene, you choose the players, and that combination plus the order you put them in will radically change the story. Um, there's a, a goal at the top, like the queen marries and you must create a story in which that happens. The characters might not want to do that. So you might need to reorder until they do want to do that. Um, it's a very like, it's one of those fidgety puzzle games where like things feel very tactile and you're just kind of moving things around. Um, uh, I think the art 
particularly makes it feel a lot more fun to play stuff than what the old art would have looked like, which would be <laughs> fine, but a lot less uh, immersive in that way. Yeah, let me describe the presentation a little bit. So, you know, this, it all takes place in a, in a book. So, you know, you boot up the game, you get this large, beautifully 3D rendered book with Storyteller on the cover. And when you open it up, each page is sort of a, you know, a double page spread uh, that has a three or six or eight panel comic on it. And um, your job is, and then at the bottom of the page is a panel or a sort of selection of things you can drag up onto the empty comic panels. So there'll be things like um, different frames or, or sort of backgrounds. Uh, usually you'll have two or three or four different backgrounds that you can choose from, each of which kind of implies a certain event occurring. Those be labeled marriage or wedding, um, death, uh, witness. Yeah, day, night, um, uh, 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 affair, uh, things like that. And um, each of them has a, a slots within it where you can place characters. So you'll also get a selection of characters and there'll be things like John, Mina, and Dracula or king, queen, maid, knight, like archetypes basically. Um, some of them are like very obvious specific ar- archetypes named after characters from uh, from famous stories, but for the most part, they're pretty generic, like king and queen. Um, and uh, you know, even Except some for th- all of the dwarves who have incredibly specific names. That is very funny. There's a he there's a bunch really of them with, with dwarves. That, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the dwarves, uh, but they are very funny. But then, um, yeah, within that, within the sort of setup, you you're trying to make a particular thing happen. So as Laura mentioned, each page has a title at the top, and that's your goal. And the goal. Uh, I'm just going from like, for example, uh, you know, a screenshot here uh, with uh, the title as I'm actually not even sure this one's included in the game. I think this one might be like just a just a screenshot on on uh, on the press kit. But it says deadly sunbath and you have a choice of day and night and you have characters Dracula, John and Mina. And uh, you can decide, okay, you know, it's nighttime. Do I have Dracula and John? Do I have Dracula on his own? Do I have just Mina, Mina and Dracula, whomever? And then, you know, daytime, what happens? You know, so you, you get to slot characters into various different roles within the panels. Um, and then the order that that happens in, you know, what happens first and second and third uh, it creates a story that plays out. So what's really clever about this is that, for example, maybe in that Dracula example, the final panel has John and Mina out in the sun. But then if you add a panel bef- and maybe they're just looking at each other or kissing or something. But if you add a panel before that where Dracula bites John, then that means now in that final panel, he's a vampire, which means that he's dying in the sun instead of kissing Mina or whatever. So the order of things in the panels have this sort of cascade effect. Things that happen earlier in the comic have natural story consequences that happen later in the comic. And it's very accessible. It's very, uh, it's very sort of intuitive and natural and um, everything, you know, as a, as a kind of interface for creating these little miniature stories, it's very natural. It really works. And this is immediate for folks who've played framed or framed two. those games you would, you the characters would almost get stuck at times like you were putting all the panels in the right order um but there would be times where you 
got the character stuck in a panel. That's not going to happen here. They like every single panel refreshes every time you make any change. They called it a continuity simulator in the dev notes. Um, oh, that's a really good phrase. Yeah. Which I, I was like, I need to remember that for the recording because it, <laughs> it, it, it helps. You're aiming for a plot that fulfills the answer, but you might come up with another side plot that makes sense. Um, yeah. And it does a good job of simulating different potential approaches. So, you know, there might be like one very obvious way to achieve a particular goal, but sometimes if you want to mess around, there will be alternate ways to achieve the same goal or alternate ways to do something that produces a goofy effect that might be amusing. Um, And some of the puzzles will give you sort of bonus objectives. So like things like, um, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, Maybe the the end goal of a particular storyline is that a character commits suicide, but it's two different characters that could commit suicide. And you might have like, you know, the first one and then a bonus objective for the second one. Um, it's not exactly like extra points, but it's kind of hinting to you like, hey, you could try multiple different approaches here and gives you a little bit of an extra stretch or challenge to try and find a different layout that would create different stories. For example, one of them uh, on the demo is story of a tragedy where in the first panel you can have two people marry in the second panel uh she meets a different dude who she rejects because she is married to someone else who's mad and in the third panel uh the tragedy can be that uh that man kills her husband tragedy or you can have uh lovers who someone dies and it's already a tragedy in two panels. So you don't have to use all the panels. You don't have to use other characters, but a lot of it is an experimentation engine and how much fun you have playing with your paper dolls is kind of what this game is. So you can, this is the type of puzzle where I would almost solve, I would solve it immediately or I would get one revision or I would get stuck for a day. There was no in between. Um, there's one puzzle I still haven't solved, which is embarrassing. 51 <laughs> out of 52. That was very frustrating. So we, actually, Laura and I you know, both got very near the end of this game, um, which if, if I recall correctly, there are like 12 chapters and each chapter has four puzzles in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I believe that if you complete all of them, it unlocks some kind of final chapter because um, it's kind of a locked final page at the end and mm-hmm. a thing that gives you a tally. And Laura and I both got down to the end and realized that we were both com- completely stuck on one of the final set of puzzles. And I'm basically just going to have to wait. Solving bonus puzzles does not get you any closer. No, no. You must complete every single one of the base puzzles. There's no built-in hint system. Yeah. Um, so I, I, don't, I didn't wish there was a hint system on any of them except for basically like two of the final puzzles and one of them you figured out so thank you laura you're my outboard brain once again um but like this final one like we were both i mean i'm very eager to see like you know three days from now when this has been out for a while and like youtubers have done their playthroughs or whatever like i'm gonna go and look and find some obvious solution to that puzzle that's gonna make me smack myself in the face um but like i i don't know what's behind that kind of locked door at the end of the book because we were both stuck on this one damn puzzle um but it was uh overall i thought actually kind of easy like Mm -hmm. my take on the puzzles here 
Um, overall, I think the presentation here is great. I was really impressed with it from a sort of like uh, technical level and an artistic level. It's beautiful. It's fun to play around with. Um, but as a puzzle game, Laura kind of already mentioned it was like either you get it or you don't. And I kind of I kind of felt that way about it. It felt a little bit to me like like mm, the first like eight to nine chapters out of 12 were all basically gimmies like you could look at them at least i i looked at them and kind of immediately knew what i needed to do Mm -hmm. and so like some of the fun was like well i i got it right i I did the thing maybe i mess around with it a little bit to see like what weird stuff i could make happen but i didn't do a ton of that because i was still kind of making forward progress and and kind of going through the game um and I, I would stop and try to do extra stuff on the things that had bonus objectives, but that was really only like one or two in each chapter. Uh-huh. Um, and so overall, I felt like it was too easy. Like I would have liked a lot more of the bonus objectives. I would have liked a lot more hidden stuff. I know there is hidden stuff that I didn't get because there are like 12 or 15 achievements and I only got like two or three of them. Uh-huh. So Uh, I know there's like more hidden fun little like discoveries for like different arrangements of the story, but um, I don't know. It's, I didn't find it very satisfying as a puzzle. Uh, I found it pretty interesting and cute and fun to play around with, but like more like as like a weird toy or like, you know, story building simulator, which is a cool thing to have rather than as a puzzle. It just doesn't feel puzzly to me. I, this is not the game. This game took a long time to come out. I'm not mm-hmm. asking for anyone to make this version of the game. But what I wanted at the end of this was almost a sandbox version where I could make challenges. Yeah, maybe that exists past that locked door. I don't know. Maybe. But, um, um, again, we didn't play that far. But what I did find fun on a different level were um, if you like classic literature, it, there's a lot of jokes about like make Hamlet, like do a Machiavelli thing. Like there's a early achievement for replicating the plot of the book, the sorrows of young Werther. Um, I got that one too. And I don't actually know that book. (laughs) So first Goethe, uh, the first time you approach um, one of the mysteries of like a detective and solving a case. um, I don't remember if it's the music from the Edward Gorey masterpiece introduction for masterpiece mystery or Hitchcock, uh, the Hitchcock presents music. I think they use both in that chapter, um, hmm. which made me then think, Oh wait, were there musical references in all of the other chapters that I wasn't paying attention to? Like, were they playing the sleeping beauty suite when they were doing the sleeping beauty stuff? I don't know. Um, the few references I caught made me think there were more. And um, I had fun when uh, the, they don't, hit you over the head with it, but it is fun at times to reproduce. Like at times this will also bite you because you're trying to, to actually show all of the plot of Hamlet and there's only eight panels. Um, But those bits were like added a bit of charm to it. Like the puzzles were easy, but it would be like, Oh, it's a puzzle where like, I can't figure it out. The title is Salome. Let me look up the plot of Oscar Wilde's Salome. To see if I'm missing something. Oh, I am. Okay, go. Like, it's not like that solved the puzzle, but it did kind of tell me some order of operation stuff. Like, it's clever, but your mileage may vary, right? Um, And it's not, there's no, the writing is minimal. 
and the puzzles don't necessarily have continuity. So it's not as if you solve one page and then you've unlocked something for the next group of characters. It's a completely different puzzle. There's there's no sequential. Again, maybe there is after the. If you I can don't get think so. Yeah, the Duke to shoot the detective. Let us know. Uh, damn it! Yeah, that getting the Duke to shoot the detective is the one that we were all like. There's there's a, a puzzle very near the end where the 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 requirement is something like. Uh, the Duke shoots the detective to avoid going to prison and try as hard as I might. I could not figure out any way to get the Duke to shoot the detective every time he would just like hide his gun behind his back or your, or whatever. So like, Hey, if you figured that out and you're hearing the sound of my voice and it's not like, you know, 10 weeks after we released this episode, Hey, hit us up. Let us know. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. It does have the feeling of like, endless chapters like endless dlc could happen in this game like it's got that like mobile feel like and they for folks who are new listeners that is not an insult because laura loves mobile puzzle games but it's got that kind of like endlessly updatable feel to it i agree and if i'm honest like i think that 12 chapters like i'm not one who usually says like this game is too short i spent about four and a half hours getting through this and it felt like about the right amount um it, it, i at spent the time. two and a half <laughs> yeah well of course you did laura uh you're so smart god damn it no um, it's 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 again it's just i also probably wasn't playing with some of the stuff as much as you were so no you're I, I think you. I think you just got stuck less than I did, Laura. Uh, you, you, you. Uh, you also you, have a ch- have children, and I have no responsibility. I mean, that's my excuse for everything now <laughs> is that I have children and they interrupt me, and I have no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm out of excuses. I just didn't. I did. I don't know. I don't know the story of Salome, and uh, <laughs> I had to look that shit up too. Um, but like overall, um, I had a lot of fun playing this. Um, but I feel like it could use it, like I, again four and a half hours, but still I feel like it could use more like um, 12 sets of four of these puzzles, especially towards the beginning of the game when a puzzle was taking me like no time at all. A lot of that four hours was me sitting there stuck, you know, or and I uh, would just you you can also just move on to the next puzzle, which is yes. Like, yeah, no- well, you can you can move on to the next set of uh, puzzle within the set of four each time. You know, you have a set of four puzzles. You have to solve all four before you move on to the next chapter. Um, and the fact that there's no hint system, like, again, easy stuff early on. So no issue there. And it was really only when we got to the last two chapters that I started mm-hmm. getting stuck on anything at all. Um, I wanted more challenge out of it towards the end. And I also wanted more options. Like, like a lot of the, the these things give you like two or three different, uh, you know, different panels and three characters. And that's about it. And I'm like, I want, I want the, like, I want the DLC version of this. I want the version that like, you know, go wild. Give me, give me a puzzle that gives me like 10 different possible story options. Give me something want, that's like, I, I got to set up with really bunch. bizarre want, options. Yeah. I don't want two things per panel. I want like four or five. I want to play with the, the I want to play with my paper dolls more in each panel. Um, yeah. I, it's not necessarily that I want new engines or I want new books. I want new challenges within the system. Um, thing i meant to say at the beginning yes you can make all of almost all the love stories gay uh, mm-hmm. if you can't make a love story gay it's because there is a character in the title that must do a thing and there's only 
so many people in the world. Um, but if that is a that is a thing, you're like, I want to experiment. The game does not force you to make straight people be straight. Um, Except no, the king for some reason. Totally straight. Not interested oh, in dudes. The king actually is the only one who's like, no, any woman I will hook up with, but not the knight. <laughs> not the dudes. And it, it's a little, it's a little um, uh, woman symbol. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> what he does, staring at the knight. So, um, let's see. So, here's a, here's a question I feel a little bad asking. But, like, why did this, I mean, like, Okay, yes, he talked about like having kind of hit some kind of a, a of a development wall or being in development hell, kind of going back to the drawing board, coming back to this years later. But like, did this feel to you like a 2012 game or did this feel to you like a 2023 game? Like where like did did this um like uh did this feel like a game that had been in development for years? Like I I felt kind of weird about it. Well, for me it was more like a okay, so why now? Right. Other than it's done. Um, I, I have one theory about this, which is that like we've talked before about how Annapurna's whole business model with their indie game publishing seems to be finding semi-developed projects. projects and getting them past the finish line. Yeah, and, and, giving, and pouring money into them to get them past the finish line. And maybe they're running out of those and they're going back and looking at these games from 2012 that never came out, right? Um, I mean, but like, I love... I th- Love of a, a, a vintage 2012 game. Like, we love those. But, yeah. but like, this feels like a 2012 game to me, apart from the art, which is gorgeous and feels very modern. The, this, the like game design here feels very 2012 to me. Like, we talked a minute ago about framed, and like, this is really, yeah, 2014. Framed was clearly inspired by this. Um, uh, and you know we're, this is something that's happening a lot. We were just talking on the, the the Discord about apparently Cart Life, a game that also came out in like 2012 or 2014 and gained a huge amount of like notoriety and had a big impact on the indie game scene back then. Is getting like a, a modern updated re release uh, with the assist, you know, with the involvement of the developer and the new team of of like indie uh, you know indie devs kind of working on bringing it back out and like porting it to a new engine or what have you like this is a thing that's been happening lately but it this feels to me like annapurna doing the annapurna thing again where they find a distressed but critically well-regarded indie project and pour some money on it and see what happens and in general that has had a, a lot of mixed results like we talked about this before with things like uh what was that horrible time loop game called um 12 minutes Oh God, 12 minutes. Shoot me in the freaking head. 12 minutes. Was that was a game that I was kind of excited to play. Didn't play it for the first 24 hours. Saw the reactions from the podcast and said, I'm not falling on this sword. And like, uh, waltzed off into the woods like, oh, sorry, the game's bad. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I honestly don't know whether that was the right choice or the wrong choice, because I don't know if I'd trade my my like gobsmacked anger experience. Like no game has made me so you baffled so and furious that than 12 minutes has in years. I can't think of anything else that's made give, like such a visceral bone deep reaction um but like not a good one um mm. but like like annapurna hasn't had a great track record lately like early on i think we thought of annapurna as like gold standard like we said that Ew. yeah i just want to go in the back in the tides i think we said annapurna 
everything they do is gold. <laughs> like, and this, like, and but like, then, then they've had a string of real stinkers, which yeah. are them following their model. And it doesn't always land because sometimes those games that were like distressed indie projects didn't come out because they were bad or something. And also they released Stray this year and made just hand over fist. And then Stray and then Stray. Stray's amazing. Stray was fantastic. And so like, yeah, I can't, I can't say that, but like this, this is a pat. And I don't think actually Stray really fits that model. Like I don't know exactly what the development story of Stray was, but it's not, it was not some like lost in development hell. Well, reviewed indie thing from whatever but like they're they're when you go down to the bottom of their games list it is what remains of edith finch flower great. gora gora gone great. home donut county florence great, 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 uh, don't great. know ashen outer wilds re-releasing journey telling great, lies great. sayonara wild hearts great um and then like the next one we cover is <laughs> i am dead I am dead was not good. It was honestly, I thought it was like we, we, you know, we 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 hemmed and hawed on the episode, and it had its, its not points. fun to look for your keys. Thank you, Laura. It was not fun to look for your keys in that game. And then uh, what else did we cover? You know, the obviously the um, the twelve minutes, and I feel like there's some others that are that I'm forgetting. We didn't end up doing maquette because I heard mixed. Oh up. yeah, maquette, maquette, another one. Like I, I played five that, minutes of Artful reviews. Escape and was like, we're not going to cover this. Escape did not seem interesting to me at all, and so like they they have had they had like a real string of winners, and then they had a real string of what seemed like not winners. Um, I do like Pathless. Just for folks okay. who were like, I, I actually never played Pathless. Pathless so like, Erasure. Pathless yeah, is fun. Pathless, um, I'm sure, is great. Um, this feels like a real mid to me. I don't know if this is like the beginning of the upswing or something. Um, but like this is like, you know, ain't no outer wilds, but it's also like pretty decent. I thought this was fine. I have some issues with it. It feels a little 2012. <laughs> Thank you for the codes. Uh, um, Annapurna, please don't, please don't block us. <laughs> don't blacklist us. Um, we lo- we love you in general. You can look in the back. I have it signed our Wild Hearts tarot deck. I've got the bomber jacket from it. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, I didn't I, like, buy the visual bomber jacket. I bought an Etsy bomber jacket. So I guess it's not like telling Etsy that I, or telling Annapurna ripoff merch is not a good on on do. balance i think annapurna you know has one of the best indie publisher track records in the industry yeah it's just they hit a real like couple of years of of like e um so i i'm i'm really rooting for them to turn it around because like i mean outer wilds like come on like oh my god um they they've got an eye but I don't know what's happening inside of annapurna i i do kind of feel like they felt like they had like um, now this is this is all totally like my like armchair um, like total like outsider guesstimates here, but like I feel like they had a they had a model and they felt like it was working and then it stopped working for a bit and maybe it took a little time for them to like turn that ship. But there was a little bit of a slow crawl towards this because I remember we were talking about Sinar Wild Hearts. We went. Why did they pay for Queen Latifah to do this? Mm-hmm. And then, like, what did that add? And then 
several years later, 12 minutes has full voice actors by people you've heard of. And it's like, yeah. And and so did, uh, so did, um, uh, Oh geez. Well, like, uh, maquette had like, um, Oh, what was her name? Like big, big name Hollywood voice actors. That was another part of their model. That's the one thing that this game doesn't do. That's out of that. Like from the Annapurna playbook, they poured on the money and I think probably paid for this incredible art direction and art, like mm-hmm. this, this is a game that requires a lot of art because every character has multiple poses and, and expressions that can happen in different scenes. There's a lot of art involved here, probably very expensive. I had to uh, stop the transcribing I was running because it was making the game run slow. And I was like, oh, didn't expect that for a puzzle game. Pause transcription. Yeah, it's very, it's very impressive art. And I feel like that must have been expensive. And so Annapurna probably poured on the money to make that happen. Um, but, you know, this isn't a game with any uh voice acting so there was nowhere for queen latifah to go in this they couldn't hire like i don't know daisy ridley to like come in and do the 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 bryce dallas howard did that's thank you i was thinking daisy ridley for some reason but whoever uh Um, daisy ridley did something else so was it um 12 minutes maybe she's she did 12 minutes i forget doesn't matter um you know, they yeah, can't she get did in 12 visits with Thank Willem you. Dafoe and James McAvoy. Willem Dafoe, right? They got Willem Dafoe for that freaking turd. Oh my God. <sighs> um, hey, we, we love, we love a paycheck for our friends in Hollywood, I guess. Well, like, like Willem Dafoe needs another paycheck like that. Yeah. That man is, is I'm sure he's fine, <laughs> but he also won't ever turn down a paycheck apparently. So, um, but yeah, so like, um, that this can, this concludes the Reagan is baffled at Annapurna's business decisions section of the podcast. Um, this is, I think a real mid for Annapurna, but also I'm glad to see this thing finally come out. Like mm-hmm. this is something that I had heard about back in the day and probably like most of the game gaming public I had for completely forgotten existed. This predates the short game podcast by two years. Um, so like, you know, Wow. Um, you know, we've been around a while, I thought, but like this has been in, you know, kicking around for 15 years or something almost. Um, so cool to see it finally come out and cool to see it come out in a really polished form. Um, I think this would be a really great addition to one of the like, like if Netflix paid mm-hmm. to add this to their mobile game catalog, I'd be like, great choice smart um i think this is the kind of game that like their audience would appreciate Uh, i think it's very accessible i think almost anybody would enjoy and appreciate this game it would work super well on mobile since there's Um, no continuity it's good for like snacking uh, yes little snackable pieces oh yeah perfect perfect um but this is also a game that's 15 dollars on steam and switch that's the launch platforms and uh, I, I don't think it's coming out on anything else at launch. I think it's just it's not that uh, I know of. It's like a, it's like a, you know, fifteen dollars is not like a, like a triple A indie price tag, but it's also, you know, it's it's, it's not like a four dollar, you know, or, or ninety nine cent mobile app or whatever. Um, I don't know if I would have wanted this game to be less polished visually and cheaper. No, like I think the ninety nine cent version of this thing that has the no, like no, 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 art no, no. would have been a real turn off. <laughs> No, no, you know? I'm not saying an identity cent version. Yeah. And I I also really believe that people should be paid for their work. Yes, yeah. And, and I'm also, I, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not complaining about the $15 price tag, which I think is pretty reasonable, especially considering how gorgeous this game it is. It is lovely. It's more like we've, we've played some games that are $15 and are, like, 
oh my God, everyone drop, like open <laughs> that wallet and throw money at these people. Um, and, and I yeah. think that's- whereas, whereas this, I'm like, yeah. not bad. Wait yeah. for a sale, maybe? I don't know. Like, and it's sort of where I land on it. I think it's like, I think this is a really impressive and solid game that I'm really glad it came out. And I'm glad folks will finally get a chance to play and it. the engine is solid. Yes. Um, and I think if they decided to expand on this, like I'm, I guarantee you they prototyped 1200 different stories mm-hmm. for this and probably have, you know, dozens of them that didn't I make the initial I keep seeing them cut. in the press kit and in the, right? on the web. I'm like, that wasn't in the that game. Wasn't in there. So I know yeah. they exist somewhere. Yeah. So like they could easily drop more of these on you if that was, you know, uh, if that's part of their plan, I don't really know. Um, but like, I think it's a really nice, solid game that I it does feel like a season passy game. It it does, yeah. I feel like this would be a really great game to be included in one of these game catalogs, like you know, Game Pass or Netflix's thing or whatever. Um, but as it is, it just sort of I don't know. Like I I feel like it's kind of a kind of a yes ish if you're really into it kind of kind of thing for me. Um, and I, I don't believe they've sunsetted the demo, so... Yeah, yeah, the demo uh, delisted on Steam, mm-hmm. um, which I think makes sense. Although I'm a little sad because from what I gathered, I think the demo included some unique stories. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll bring those back as a... Unlocked. Maybe they're behind the curtain. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And if they are, gosh, I hope I hope we figure out that dang end of game puzzle and uh, and see. Maybe, maybe once we get past that, it's like, oh, here's the twelve hundred additional uh, you know stories that you were talking about, and I'll play this game till the end of time. But I and doubt uh, it. you know a, a creator and all kinds of stuff. I mean, again, I I don't need endless content to be happy with a game. It's no, just short game. Yeah, we love a short game. It just feels like there was a lot of potential. And I Yeah, I feel like it just did it like it felt like um it felt like, you know, 12 levels uh almost 10 of which could have been treated essentially as tutorial. And by the time I really felt like I really like I I have a, I have a really good grasp of of how this system works and I'm sort of thinking, you know, multiple panels ahead and, and kind of developing little internal strategies. And by the time I, my brain clicked with that, I didn't have very many puzzles left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I would have liked if I had hit some, I, honestly, I think I could have pro- brought in some of these more complex, for example, it just, it went from like three panel puzzles to like eight panel puzzles by the end. I would have liked it to, to make that shift earlier and, give you more complex challenges earlier on um, rather than making it longer. Although I would accept that too. Anyway, um, is there anything else to say about a uh, storyteller? No. Okay. Not that I I, think of. Again, I think this game is totally worth checking out, um, but I, I would give it a sort of a reserved uh, like thumbs up. I would say this is a really, really artistically beautiful game mm-hmm. um, worth playing. And I think, I think, you know, if you've got the 15 bucks burning a hole in your pocket, uh, go spend it on the Switch or Steam store. I played it, by the way, on the Steam Deck, and this is a game that works well with a touchscreen if you happen to play it that way. Um, uh, But also, you know, works with a controller, uh, works on a mouse and keyboard really nicely. Framed was on a tablet. Sorry, I will not... I, I I will this drop would, my framed love, but this I do like framed that framed is great. If you want something that's sort of in this vein, uh, the framed collection came out a couple of years ago that combines framed one and framed two. And it is it's out very on less Switch. sandboxy. 
Yeah, that's true. But it's still quite nice. Mm-hmm. So I would I would check that out. Uh, worth uh, worth checking this game out, by the way. Um, or I would check uh, I check both of these out if you like this sort of comic story building sort of thing. And I I think uh, this is a maybe the best example of that that has existed. I think this is a slightly better game than Framed, in my opinion. Um, but uh, overall, uh, I would say if you can, I bet this I bet this hits something like. Netflix or it comes out on iOS or, you know, becomes part of Game Pass or something like that. I I would be surprised if Annapurna doesn't go that route with this eventually. So um, this might be one to to, you know, wait and see on. I don't think you everyone needs to rush out and play this day one unless they're particularly compelled by the development story here. You know, the wanting to play this thing that's been been waiting to come out. If you've waited this long, this is what I'm saying. (laughs) Maybe wait a little longer. or not it's fun uh sorry i feel like i'm really going back and forth a lot here i liked it i liked this game a lot that's really fair i um also wanted to say if you had a completely different game that's even older that's comics themed uh comic jumper from 2010 from xbox arcade from the makers of explosion man i've never even heard of comic jumper what is that so um have i talked about explosion man before Yes, I think, it's but it's been a long time. Been, that game was for maybe 2008. I moved to Seattle, met people with Xboxes, and they were like, I love this game, Explosion Man. And then we wa- waited for their next thing to come out, and I went to PAX. Um, and they did a um, story called Comic Jumper about um, uh, it's a, like a two and a half D game where you're like reordering parts of the gameplay and you're like platforming through a comic. So you're like reordering comic panels and platforming your way through. That's pretty cool. I wonder if that still exists. Like a lot of these early Xbox, uh, like arcade, you know, or early Xbox indies, like did they ever make it off the original Xbox 360? I actually don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to search steam and see if that game still exists. The really fun part about it was like, you went through different kinds of comics as you played. So like you went through the manga level. <laughs> like It was kind of like an art demo in some ways, but I had fun with it. Um, but that game may not exist anymore. So. Yeah. Xbox 360 only. Although I don't know of any reason that you shouldn't, you wouldn't be able to still go out and download this. Maybe it runs on the Xbox one, but I don't know. Dust off your, uh, dust off your Xbox 360. It's real fourth wall breaking. And like that real, like weird, like, I'm not a Rick and Morty fan, but like people who like Rick and Morty would love this game. <laughs> hmm. I've never heard of Again, this. Again, so welcome I think... to recommending a game you can't play. Yeah, yeah. That's... This is normally Rick and Shane and Nate's territory. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually like, hey, uh, you should check out this this 3DS game that now that the now that the store is closed, then you really need to go check out this game you can't buy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. Um, so... Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, Laura, do you have a little time for what's making us happy this week, do you think? I do. I do, too. Laura, what's making you happy this week? Uh, Well, besides the fact that 
my favorite TV show no one can watch without a VPN, The Mole Belgium is back. I will not talk about The Mole Belgium again. Um, <laughs> I, I, listeners, I don't know if you, you probably have to go search our, our, our show notes page to find Laura talking about The Mole Belgium. I don't remember when, but I do feel like this is something that Laura has talked about maybe multiple times. But Laura, what is I The Mole make- Belgium? I um, I make references to it just because I find it very inexplicable that I kind of, you know, we all did things that we <laughs> feel a little ashamed about during the pandemic. And I went and hunted down all the previous versions of the TV show, The Mole. And I feel then, like that that particular sentence could have gone wildly off the rails at any point between the word before the word TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I, we all felt well did things. We all did we things all did we're not, things not we proud of. I, I went and hunted down Belgians. Um, <laughs> I don't regret it. Um, it's a very and then I found on some like places where people talk about reality TV show, people were like, I mean, the mole's good, but. The best <laughs> reality TV show ever is The Mole Beltram. And I was like... It's not The Mole unless you get it from the Mole <laughs> region of France or whatever, right? It's a, if it, if otherwise, it's just it's just a sparkling reality TV. So Justin's new trick is we very rarely meet new people, but when we do and they talk about reality shows, he'll be like, Laura should talk about her reality show. And then he ditches and then it's like... Um, we rarely meet new people, but when we do, Laura talks about the mole no, Belgium, and then we never meet to. them again. <laughs> I don't want to because it sounds. Anyway, it's it's an extraordinarily good show, but you have to find it, and then you have to find subtitles in English. Okay. Um, so there's some barriers, but you can, <laughs> but you can VPN uh. and use. Um, you know, at the point where you're like using Whisper AI to generate subtitles so you can watch a program you're like what am i doing with my life at this point i think if you're interested the only solution is just to reach out to laura privately and she will explain this I'll to hook you. you up with the oh yeah um it's a it's a really good show everybody um i'm sure i believe you but i will never find out no you'll never find out it's kind of like when i started talking about how much i liked the genius the korean uh tv show and you're all like that's that's also cool laura um Please watch a show in English that's available on Netflix. I appreciate I you, do. Laura. Yes, I'm sure you do. <laughs> anyway, that's not what was making me happy this week. This is just digression day. Uh, this this is was just happens. a tribute. Go ahead. Uh, this is Reagan doesn't normally get a chance to make fun of someone else for a really esoteric, um, indecipherable hobby. But when it does, it's me. And my- no one is allowed to make fun of me for anime ever again. Is my point here. I'm not going out and finding builds in reality TV and creating my own AI generated subtitles in Belgium that like literally they broke like half the country tried to volunteer, like sign up for the next season auditions overnight. (laughs) Like it is ludicrously popular. I don't know what half the country is in Belgium, but what is that? 50 people. Hmm. If there's anyone in Belgium, like go yell at Reagan. Um, Apologies. (laughs) <laughs> apologies um anyway yes the thing that's actually making me happy is pretty uh highbrow weirdly i sometimes i add books to my um libby which is the app i use to check out library books and i put stuff on hold and i'm very much like i would like to be the person that reads this book someday and then i just i'll read it later and i procrastinate for two weeks and two weeks and two weeks i Finally stopped doing that, and I've read 
for the first time, the book Never Let Me Go by Ishiguro. It has a Pulitzer. Everyone read it before this game we covered was in development. Um, uh, it is so lovely. It is a beautiful book. How are you like? There was a movie of it. Have you heard of this book, Reagan? I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't remember any details about it. So count me as a no. Yeah. So it's from 2005. Um, it is about. Um, I don't know if he won the Pulitzer for this, but he has a Pulitzer. So I'm not going to fact check live on the call. But the idea is it's kind of an alternate history where the spoilers, if you don't want to know anything, um, these kids are being raised and they're talking about like they're going to become donors and carers. And they're like when they hit the fourth nation, they will be complete. Um, Over time, you realize like they are the clones of people. Oh, I think there was a movie made of this, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actually lovely. Um, underrated movie, but I had seen the movie a while ago and loved it and cried buckets. And I am actually reading the book now. And it's, it's really delicate and kind, but also about like the petty, like it's about the kind of little things that as a kid are huge deals. Like, you called someone out in a lie in front of a friend and then they hate you for a year. Um, and it's one of the few books that make like a little thing like that feel as intense as it does when you're 12. Um, it is beautiful for the adult relationship stuff. It is beautiful for like the sci-fi stuff, but a lot of it's about like how mean people can be to each other as kids and also how loving, um, it's kind of about like, can clones have souls, but also can children? <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. I, I can answer that. Uh, I, actually, I'm not sure I can, but <laughs> it's complicated. So very highbrow thing. Um, but it's 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 an easy read. Like nice. I thought it was going to be very highfalutin and very difficult and very literary, but it's just like short, snappy, simple sentences put together beautifully. Um, not was I was expecting at all. I also have a book recommendation this week uh, of a sort. I am actually uh, almost done with a reread of the entire. Um, and by say by reread, I mean I'm going through the audiobooks because that's the kind of brain I have. But um, reread, listen of the entire Murderbot Diaries series. Oh yeah, you've recommended those before. Yeah, have you have you read them? I, f- I forget. I haven't. No. Okay. A second recommendation then, Laura. Um, so I really recommend these books. They're great science fiction with a great central character. They're from an author named Martha Wells, um, who apparently has like a, a long uh, career of writing fantasy novels and uh, other stuff. And her uh, her career was on a kind of a downswing, and then she created this character, Murderbot. Uh, Murderbot Diaries are is a science fiction series that's made up. There's actually quite a lot of books in it now, but most of them are kind of novella length and kind of, so there's like the first four novellas uh, kind of combine into a single story. That's roughly kind of like one long novel. And then there's a, there's another novel, like a full length novel, one extra novella. And then there's a new full length novel coming out later this year. And that's why Mm -hmm. I was doing the reread was I was, I was excited that there's a new murder bot novel coming out. 
Um, but you know, the first, the first one is called all systems, red artificial condition, rogue protocol. If I'm honest, I don't think she's doing a great job with the titles here. They sound like, uh, sound like Tom Clancy titles, right? No, but, Tom but Clancy makes a lot of money. So I'm sure he does. <laughs> um, but the Murderbot diaries are about this. So the science fiction setting, uh, far future taking takes place mostly in and around a part of space called the corporation rim, where everything is a co- total corporate dystopia. And, you know, people live under the thumb of a corporation. And, um, you know, that uh, you get the idea, mm-hmm. but the, the main character, uh, who calls himself, although his name is private, he doesn't tell this to anyone. He calls himself Murderbot. He is a sec unit, which is a, uh, which is a sort of robot with organic components. So essentially like a, like a cloned human body with large amounts of tech inside it, sort of, mm-hmm. um, uh, that whose whole job is to protect people. He's like rented out and protects people while they're doing things like survey missions on planets um, hmm. uh, and has a, a governor module in his head that completely removes his free will. And he's like, essentially like a, like a, a slave to a computer system. And I mean, he's a, he's a robot himself thinks like a robot, um, but you know, sort of enslaved. Uh, but, uh, the, the first novel begins with him having at some point in the recent past um, hacked his governor module and figured out how to suddenly he has free will. Um, uh, but he's mostly using that free will to slack off on his job and watch television serials uh, while he should be working. Um, you know, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to get destroyed. He just sort of wants to, like, skate through and try to try to avoid, uh, you know, a terrible fate. Mm-hmm. Um but then the the series is all about him sort of finding like found family. There's some incredible characters. Um, you know, the the first book is great. He you know he happens to be on a uh, a survey mission with some people from outside the corporation rim, and the the story of him sort of trying to learning about his own you know personhood. Um, th- uh, some people read the series as like a um, uh, an Asperger's allegory because hmm. his his outlook is very like he hates humans he doesn't like to be touched he doesn't like to talk to people he doesn't like looking people in the eye it makes him uncomfortable he's like he's like a, a, a murderbot is a is a bundle of of like um neuroses and anxiety but he's also a ruthless killing machine mm-hmm. um uh like the first line of the book is as a heartless killing machine i was a complete failure <laughs> um <laughs> And it's, it's, he's a great character. He's immediately likable. Um, and then the, the world that it builds out is fun. He has some, there's some great side characters. I think it's the third, second or third one. He has a, a close friend who is like a, a, an AI built into a ship called art that stands for, he, he names him art stands for asshole research transport. Um, and like, you know, just sort of very adventurous, fun sci-fi stories, um, great characters, but honestly, it's mostly just down to Murderbot being like an incredibly lovable central character. And um, I, mean, I really, really recommend these books to people. Um, it's it's easy to like be put off by the, it's like something about the, the, I don't think she does titles very well. The name Murderbot gives you an image that's like, it's his ironic name for himself. Like when he was 
you know, it, it, this is all like first few chapters of the first or first little bit of the first book. So I don't think I'm giving anything away. Like he, you know, he was responsible for a bunch of human deaths um, and he feels really conflicted about it. And uh, this was, but this was before he hacked his governor module. Um, and so then he's, you know, he suddenly he has free will and he calls himself murder bot, but it's actually sort of a ironic thing. Um and so like you might have a weird impression of these things being called the murder bot diaries and with titles like all systems red and rogue protocol but like they're really just very fun funny breezy sci-fi that you know delves occasionally into like you know what is a person but not it's 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 just mostly just fun so i really recommend these things they're fun they're quick reads i like the audiobook versions they're all read by like kevin free i think is his name who does mm. a really great job um so highly recommend them and um i cannot wait for book seven system collapse which is coming out later this year and apparently she's signed on to do book eight and book nine and she has sold the tv rights to amazon so yes. i really really hope that happens i really really hope that happens it'd be such a good show i mean uh, Poker Face has cemented that um, hangout shows are really where it's at. Like, give me a good lead character. I just want to see him do stuff. And like, uh, hangout books is a genre that I, um, I I claim a lot of Golden Age detective stories are hangout books. What's Poro going to do next? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm into Murderbot doing stuff. Like, that sounds great. I think I had been, um, I sometimes have tone issues sometimes with like, um, some of the sci-fi that is very referential. And I think I had misclassified Murderbot in my brain as one of those, like, not Jasper Ford, but, like, close to it. The really self-referential, like, sci-fi references in the sci-fi books. So I'm really glad to know that's not what this actually is. Oh, yeah. No, they're just it's just mostly, like... I just think straight up fun and and uh, highly award winning. I think the first book won like the Hugo Award and a Nebula Award. It's like it won a lot of awards and and really turned Martha Wells' career around. And obviously, she's been cranking these things well, out. And I I will take them, man. Just give me more Murderbot. I my apologies to Murderbot for misclassifying you, and my apologies to you, Reagan, for not trusting your recommendation. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is it for this week of The Short Game. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us this week. Uh, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net. That's our main homepage. But we also have set up a nice little jumping off page that gives you all the main links. And that is at shortgame.fm. So go to shortgame.fm. You will find links to my socials, to Laura's socials, all the other co-hosts. Mm -hmm. You'll also find links to our Patreon. All of our patrons, Thank, first of all, thank you so much, patrons. We've had some very nice support from patrons recently. Uh, and uh, if you're a patron, thank you. And if you're not a patron, uh, even just a dollar a month gets you instant access to our Discord. What are you waiting for? Our Discord is where we chat about the games that we're playing and we chat about the show, etc., etc. So join us there. Um, let's see. Uh, and uh, also on that page, you'll find links to obviously our homepage. You'll find links to subscribe on the various podcast apps. If you're on a podcast app that supports the leaving of reviews, we really appreciate that. That's one of the things that helps people find the show and especially the, uh, you know, the iTunes or whatever they call it now, Apple podcasts app. If you leave reviews there, that helps with the visibility of the show. And we haven't had one in 
honestly months i think this is you know one of those things people don't think to leave a review if you've been listening to a show for ages if you if you are listening to my voice and you've listened to the show a little bit and you think it's a pretty good show and you haven't left a review on the podcast app of your choice i know it's kind of a pain but take a second and do it now and uh, we would really appreciate it we do read those things uh, and also they help people find the show so you can do that also just you know post about the show wherever you do posts that's another way that people find the show and we really really appreciate that kind of support uh and um you can find i mentioned that your all the links are on shortgame.fm but specifically you can find me on mastodon i'm reagan r-a-y-g-a-n at bird.rodeo and lord laura where can people find you you can also find me at bird.rodeo laura j nash all right and listeners once again thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the short game